reading from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning to read at verse 10 down to verse 24. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, then with the belt of the truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will be fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, we tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have been studying so much on Christian conduct and behavior from our Ephesians series. Chapter 5 taught us how Christian husbands and wives should behave. Then chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, taught us how to honor and respect our parents and how children, servants, and masters should behave. In this final part of Ephesians, God's word is about to show us that the problems we face in our relationship is not only a human problem, but also a spiritual problem. Humanity's struggle is not only against flesh and blood, but against evil spirit. 
This final chapter is going to open our eyes to see that we are in a spiritual warfare. But before we begin, let us pray. Our gracious God, the hour has come for you to glorify your name. I decrease that you may increase in me. Speak your mind to your people. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you are a Christian believer, you are already in spiritual warfare. You already have a command that the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you weapons and armor, you are already under orders to use those power in standing against the kingdom of darkness. You already have an enemy who is out to destroy you, your witness, and your effectiveness for Christ. Paul wrote plainly in Ephesians about the truth that we are in a great wrestling match. The stakes in wrestling matches in ancient times were often life and death. It was important for each contestant to be as prepared as possible. For each of us, the only question here is, will I become proficient and effective at this, or will I not? All of us as believers in Jesus Christ are called to the battle. This passage is for the purpose of helping you with proper preparation in this matter so that you can prevail and be effective for the lost cause. Spiritual warfare is not something that we have a choice about. It comes to us whether you like it or not. You also already have an enemy who is out to destroy you and all people. Because the devil hates God, he hates all people. This is because we are created in God's image and God loves us. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the devil and his forces oppose you even more. They seek to find ways to destroy your reputation, your character, and your effectiveness for Christ. Every believer in Jesus Christ is called to become competent in resisting the forces of darkness and in advancing the kingdom of heaven. To prepare yourself for spiritual warfare, the most important thing that you can do is to develop a life of prayer. Prayer is the key. Pray until something happens. Push. Remember, this is a spiritual battle. So you have to fight the spiritual with spiritual weapons. Resisting the devil begins with drawing near to God 
James chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 are wonderful verses to always bear in mind. Loving God and desiring to see his will done in the earth prepares you to approach this whole endeavor of spiritual warfare with proper motives. Do not engage in spiritual warfare because you are mad at the devil, but rather because you love God. God's word makes it clear that every believer in Jesus Christ has three enemies. They are called the word, the flesh, and the devil. Let's take a brief look at them. Number one, the word. This can be best defined as the world system which operates without regard for God and his standards. The world system is under the devil's dominion. The word here does not mean the people who lives on earth. God love the people, but there are many evil strongholds here and there. Evil forces in all of the dealings of people with one another, ranging in size from groups of nations hating each other to neighbors or family members relating in wrong ways to one another. Then number two, the flesh. This can also be called the old man or the old nature, and is best defined as all that any individual is apart from Jesus Christ. The flesh cannot please God because it is fallen and under the cause of sin and death. People may do many good things without knowing the Lord. They call it self-righteousness. But all of us have sinned. We all fall short of God's standard, which is sinless perfection. The number three, the devil. This is the title of the one whose name is Satan. He's a fallen angel. When I refer to the devil's work, I'm also referring to the work of other fallen creatures who walk along with him. These creatures, fallen angels and demons do exist. They are real. Not fairly tell. Not mumbo jumbo. Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 13 to 15 and 17, as well as Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 to 17, deal with the fall of the one who was originally called Lucifer, the light bearer or son of the morning. Before he became the devil, back when he was first created, he was a beautiful angel of light whose chief job was to lead the worship and praise of God in heaven. He was well suited for his job and certainly possessed a great talent for it. In verse 10 to 12, Paul's choice of word 
here bring to mind the description from Daniel chapter 10. The fallen angels are here referred to in the Amplified Bible Translation. If you are using Amplified Bible Translation, as world forces of this darkness and as spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. These forces of evil are not flesh and blood. Our enemies whom we war against are not our fellow humans, but demons and fallen angels. Therefore, it is important that we do not allow ourselves to hate people who are captives of Satan and opposing God's standards and his message of the gospel. They may hate you. However, you are called to a higher standard of love in Jesus Christ. Then in verse 13 to 18, we could see what we should do to be ready for this battle. The armor we should put on. In verse 14, it says, Having guided your loins with truth. I love the way the New King James Version put it there. He says, loins with truth. NIV says, belt of the truth. In the realm of spiritual life and struggles, we cannot produce life apart from truth. Throughout the Bible, the mention of loins happens in connection with reproduction and new life. If we believers are not firmly rooted in the truth of God's word, we do not have anything life-giving to offer to the spiritual dead. So we are told to stand in the truth of God's word to win the battle. Then still in verse 14, we see number two there, the breastplate of righteousness. The Greek word translated righteousness in this passage is dikoson, which means equitable in character, innocent or holy. Our heart must be into doing God's will and following the Lord. We must be willful about rejecting anything which spoils our equitability of character. This is to say we must live the same godly way, whether we are in church on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Let people see Jesus in you, your character and your behavior. Then in verse 15, as number three, having your feet fitted with the preparation of the gospel of peace, only the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, can bring peace between God and people. We must dress our spiritual feet properly to be able to effectively Share this life-giving gospel with others. Paul was like this all the time. His feet were dressed and ready to go 
with the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 16, as number 4, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. When an enemy soldier was attacking with his sword, he would move his shield into position between them so as to block the attacking weapon. The shield of faith is like this. We take it up and use it in order to meet each attack that comes at us with effectiveness. Faith must be applied when discouragement, rejection, fear, and many more challenges attacks our hearts. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we need faith to stand strong in the Lord. Then in verse 17, as number 5, and take the helmet of salvation. When God placed the man Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, at the beginning of humankind, he gave them a commission, an assignment, which is in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. This passage from the Bible makes it clear that God's plan for mankind, who had been created in God's image, was to rule this planet in submission to God. Unfortunately, mankind lost that authority. Adam lost it to Satan by disobeying God and obeying Satan. The whole of Genesis chapter 3 explained this tragic event. Sin, death, and hardship came to humankind and has been our lot throughout the history. Salvation by grace through Jesus Christ is now our only hope. It is the only helmet that protects in spiritual battles. So Jesus is the full armor that we need, that will protect us in any challenges we face. The Bible says in the name of Jesus, every nail shall bow. And every mouth shall confess that Jesus is the Lord. You remember the seven sons of Sceva's in Acts chapter 19, verse 15, saying, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? If we are not genuinely saved by repenting from our sins and turning to Jesus with our whole hearts, we have no helmet to protect us in spiritual battle. So in other words, life without Christ is full of crisis. So we need Jesus to fight the battle. Then still in verse 17, number 6, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, here is a weapon of both defense and offense. 
a sword was used by Roman soldiers to fight against those who were attacking them. It was also used to attack others. Therefore, it was both defensive and offensive. Jesus used the memorized word of God to counter Satan's temptation in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11. Notice that Jesus did not simply use his personal power or position here. He used the very same sword of the spirit that you and I can use. Do you know that? Every child of God, you have it. And I wonder how many of you who can memorize scriptures without looking at the Bible on their head. At least ten. Ten quotations from the scripture. We are so much busy today. With the news, we read newspapers. But I'm not sure if we have more time to study the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 said that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. And when the light comes, what happens? The darkness disappears. So we need the word of God to fight this battle. The written word of God recorded in the Bible is our weapon for winning those close-up battles against temptation of every type. So I challenge you this morning to read your Bible every day because it's your weapon to fight the enemy. You don't give what you don't have. If you know the word of God, you'll be able to stand against every forces of the evil one. Then verse 17, number 7. And pray at all times in the spirit. In view of this, we should be on the alert with all perseverance, not quitting in prayer. Each believers need to develop personal discipline in private prayer. This requires the setting aside of time that is used for nothing else but prayer. For this, we must pray for and encourage one another constantly. In verse 19 to 20, Paul asks for a prayer request. Pray also for me, Paul said, that a message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. In this passage, Paul surprises us, isn't it? Instead of saying, pray that God will free me from captivity, he asks that efficient Christians would pray that God give him the courage to speak his word to his captors and to anyone else he came into contact with. That is a prayer you can offer to me too. That's the prayer that I need from all of you. 
as your pastor here in St. Paul's Church. Pray that I will be bold in sharing the gospel, the word of God. Not just here on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week. I pray for you too. More than I pray for myself. That God will keep you healthy and make you strong. As we fight this battle all together. I pray that you will make use of your gospel peace, your foot where, and take the message of salvation to those who need it. I want you to know that you don't have to do that alone. God is with you. That is another asset we enjoy, isn't it? In this battle against the devil. Paul benefited from the fellowship of believers. Yes, he was imprisoned, but believers came to visit and encourage him. And he was now sending one of those believers, a man named Tychicus, to deliver this letter to the Ephesians and to encourage them in their faith. We need to keep standing together that we may encourage one another and pray for each other. We need to keep making sure that our equipment is thoroughly secured. That there are no gaps in our armor. Only then will we continue to stand firm against Satan and his attacks. I have a friend and he keep using this phrase whenever there is trouble. He said, our city is not a playground, but a battlefield. We must fight. And I borrow his word to challenge you, each every one of us here this morning. Our fight is not a playground, but a battlefield. We must put the whole armor of God and fight. For he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 12, For those who believe in me, I give them the power to become the children of God. David says in Psalm 23 verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. So for you to engage in any spiritual warfare, you must have an encounter with Jesus. Because if you don't have Jesus, you are nothing. Jesus is the full armor that we need as we fight. Let us pray. Wonderful God, we thank you the wonderful opportunity you have given to us to hear your word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be the doers of your word and not only the hearers. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.